0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whatever time of day it might be where you're listening, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. This is your fitness and faith coach, Mike Kipp, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. In this episode of the Fitness and Faith podcast, you'll hear passion and wisdom from Hilda Labrada-Gore, who is all about wellness on every level, which is why she's also known as Holistic Hilda. There's a little bonus to Hilda's story at the end of the interview, so be sure to keep listening after I let you know how to connect with Hilda, as she will go on to tell you of her experience in Africa and Peru. Enjoy! Today, we are happy to be joined by Hilda Labrada Gore, who is passionate about wellness on every level. That's why she's also known as Holistic Hilda. Hilda is the regional director with Body and Soul Fitness, as well as the producer and host of the very popular Wise Traditions podcast. Hilda, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited.
0: Um, your podcast is actually how we met a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago at the PodFest, and I was, uh, it was great to get to meet you and hear a little bit about your story, and I know our listeners are going to be excited to hear about that. Please tell us a little bit about Body and Soul Fitness and Wise Tradition and your role with both of those.
1: I think Body and Soul Fitness is an amazing organization that should be known to your listeners because. You're all about fitness and faith, and so are we. It's just a fantastic group that combines both the spiritual and the physical components of well-being. So what they do is they hold classes not in gyms, really, but usually in church facilities. And usually a member who loves fitness and Jesus will find out about us and pursue becoming an instructor. And they can teach any number of programs. We have like a boot camp kind of program called Fit360. We have dance Blast and Power Strength, Cardio Strength, and something even for people with limited physical mobility called Gold. So it's just an amazing program. I love it so much. I've been teaching it for years. I found out about it when I was in college, and then it kind of carried me through all the time when I had my children and just really helped me keep my sanity when I was a young mom, and it just has really blessed me because as I teach classes, I stay strong and fit and healthy. So I just love it absolutely. So from being a student back in the day, to today where I'm still an instructor and I'm also the regional director for the D.C. metro area. Like, it's just it's just amazing. I love it. <laughs> I can speak of it highly enough.
0: It is a pretty widespread uh, nationwide program, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's actually international, and it's kind of cool, Mike, the way it's grown because what happened was it grew very organically. In other words, it started in Germantown, Maryland, I think, with a woman who thought, oh, I'm going to put some exercises to contemporary Christian music. And then it started to kind of catch fire, or she made it into a company. And then instructors, local instructors, were like, oh, my gosh, I have to move to Germany with my husband's, you know, Air Force command post or whatever. And the next thing you knew, they were taking it to other parts of the world. So it is literally an international ministry. And let me just say real quickly, too, that the hallmark of it is the contemporary Christian music, so it's exercised to really cool hip songs by Becca Shea and Toby Mac and Groupon Crew and stuff, so really motivating music. And then you also have the prayer to begin and end the class. So you're not just getting a physical workout, but you're getting spiritual encouragement, which we all need so desperately. So, And the neat thing is, too, you were asking about International, I'll just chime in real quick to say that Body and Soul recently celebrated 25 years of ministry in Africa, and so this past summer, I got to go to Zimbabwe and see how Body and Soul is doing over there.
0: That is awesome. So so you just went over there and visited the different places where they're teaching it and having classes?
1: A little bit. Like what they did was they got instructors from Kenya and Uganda and Rwanda and other countries there in Africa, and they all convened. In Zimbabwe, and so I went over with the president of Body and Soul, Soul, Amy Stafford, and with the marketing director, Mary Ward. So the three of us tramped over there to just be a part of this like large scale workshop and celebration. And oh my goodness, it was just so much fun! Like we, it was like one big party with all of our African sisters over there. You know, Body and Soul is primarily a ministry to women, so uh, we were just having a good old time, and I think they were really encouraged to get back to the countries that we're in currently and maybe even expand it. So that was just – it was fantastic.
0: Well, maybe maybe body and soul can expand and get the men involved. but. You know, the more, <laughs> I think some the,
1: classes actually are – yeah, some classes are actually co-ed because uh, power strength and the boot camp classes, Fit360, you know, really have um, – moves that are great for men and women. It doesn't matter. You just bring your own light weights in and you, you challenge yourself with as many reps per minute as you can do or, you know, you would do some of the high-intensity training and it kind of works for anybody. And that's that's what I actually love about body and soul too. Is you don't have to be, you know, kind of CrossFit fit fit, if you will. Like you don't need to be like, you know, super muscle-bound and all that to do it. You can just really work at your own level. Every class, the instructor usually shows some modifications. So if you don't want to do... Burpees, for example, you could just do little simple squats or some modification thereof, and and you still get a workout.
0: Well, that's interesting. Um, back, I think it was like 1982. I was still going to college, and I was working part time with the recreation ministry at a church um, near where I went to school. And it was that was back when aerobics classes were big. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I don't think I ever wore leg warmers. As a matter of fact, I'm sure I didn't. Um, but, but I had, I taught some classes that are just like you're talking about and it was all women from the church. The men didn't show up, but the the women did and it was Christian music. And of course, contemporary Christian music wasn't as big then. It was just getting going. Um, but it was just, it, it was a good time of, uh, of worship and fitness and, and working out. And I call some of that, um, we, we call it worship, uh, meditation, Uh, Exertion meditation, excuse me, and uh, you know while we're we're worshiping while we're working out, and it's it's a it's a body and soul workout, just like what you are doing. Absolutely,
1: Absolutely. I'm 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 really happy to hear you say that. It's kind of funny because body and soul actually probably did start back with that aerobic craze back in the day, you know, and it was really just that cardio workout. Yes, with the leg warmers and the leotards and all that, the James oh, Fonda yeah. era, but it's really transitioned well into the modern era, and I have to say, I see a lot of young moms and young women, like, picking up the mantle and, and moving forward with it, because it, it's just so effective, and it's encouraging because you go to a gym, and you probably know this as much as your listeners do as well, you know, you go to a gym, and right away, actually, someone told me recently, like, you have to look cute when you go to the gym, like, you can't just go messy, but with body and soul, you, there are no mirrors there's no judgment it's a really welcoming space for women to work out at any level and so that it's really a different spirit really it's not comparison-based it's not yeah about vanity it's really about being fit for the Lord's service
0: right That is, that is an awesome thing because uh, a lot of the workout facilities have become comparison places um, mm-hmm. well, well what about uh, wise traditions how'd that get going how'd you get involved with that
1: well that is a great question well I've always loved fitness, and I was always of the mindset, like, it kind of doesn't matter what you eat as long as you just kind of exercise it off, you know. Um, But a dear friend of mine got sick with chronic fatigue, and she started pursuing different diets to just try to find some healing because conventional medicine didn't really have any answers for her. And she came upon this group that was just all about real foods, and they didn't even really have a diet per se, but they they were about wise traditions. They were saying, let's eat like our grandparents did and our ancestors, and that is the key to health and wellness. So she started doing this, and it really had an impact on me because I thought, well, maybe it does matter what we eat. Maybe it is better to have butter instead of margarine. And, you know, so I started making small changes, and I loved it. Like, I felt like I was even stronger than before because, honestly, Mike, I used to start teaching a class, and halfway through I'd feel my blood sugar drop, and I would have to grab, like, a power bar or something to keep me going, and then I'd be okay. And I thought, well... I guess I'm one of those people that just needs to keep eating all the time. But when I shifted to more real foods in my diet, so like um, yogurt and berries, and maybe some soaked granola for breakfast instead of, or eggs and bacon instead of, uh, you know, I just have cereal with a splash of milk. Um, it really sustained me, so now I could do it much longer. Well, all this to say, I was so excited about these wise traditions that I really embraced it wholeheartedly, and it also seemed very much in keeping with faith, like. Everything that God makes is good, so why wouldn't real cheese be better than Cheetos, you know? So I really uh, really bought into it, and so I loved it so much that I asked folks who set up the Wise Traditions. The group is called the Weston A. Price Foundation. I said to them, gosh, you know, I think you guys have great information. Why don't you have a podcast, and I'll be willing to do it for you? And they said, okay. So that was in the end of 2015, and we launched in 2016 the show called Wise Traditions, and it's been going for, like, two years, and it's just going gangbusters, and it makes me so happy because everybody's loving it. And people don't have to be foodies or all into certain diets, you know, paleo, keto, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just really about embracing these wise traditions principles for good health, like um, not being afraid of, like I said, real, even raw dairy, not being afraid of, meat, you know, meat is not the villain, you know, it's actually got a lot of good stuff in it for us and things like that. So that's how I'm involved with it. And with them, I'm the producer and the host of the podcast, as you said, and I'm also the DC co-chapter leader because what they have is chapters all around the world so that people can find sources of sustainable and hormone-free and antibiotic-free meats and eggs and, you know, produce and what have you. So as a chapter leader here in DC, if someone said to me, hey, what can I get? you know, some fresh farm eggs. I can give them some ideas of where there are farmer's markets around the city or where there are drop-offs for fresh-caught salmon or what have you. And it's so that's really rewarding. I just love this group very much. Uh,
0: that's awesome. I want to touch, retouch something you said in there because I think almost everybody I know has gone through this phase in their life if they're involved in fitness where they think that if they work out enough, they can eat what they want. And – That is so wrong, Um, and what ends up happening is even if you don't gain a lot of weight or uh, feel like you're out of shape, your insides are getting torn up by that stuff you're eating. Uh, I talked to somebody not too long ago, and they were talking about a fast time and eliminating stuff from their diet, and, and it was amazing how they felt and they actually went through some some tests because they felt so good after they eliminated all this stuff and was just eating the kind—they had a fast, and then they went to eating stuff like you're talking about. They actually went and got some allergy tests done because they thought that maybe some of the food they had been eating they were allergic to because they felt so much better now. And and we discussed the fact that it wasn't allergies. It was the food— actually poisoning the body it was it was our bodies are not made to take in a lot of the stuff we take in
1: oh you were so right i'm so glad you brought that up because yeah it's not just a matter of i had an extra brownie or two so i'm going to go to the gym and do an extra you know 10 minutes on the treadmill because we're not giving our bodies the tools that it needs to be built. Oh my gosh, I was using singular when I started with plural. But you get the idea. Like, we need to give our bodies what they need to grow and to to build cells, to build strength. And so, you're right, some of the stuff that's out there, the quality is just so poor. The fast food, you know, there's a reason it's so cheap. So, there's a saying in Spanish, I speak Spanish, it's lo barato sale caro, and that just means, if it's cheap, it's going to cost you anyway. And that's really the case with fast food and all the processed food. It looks so enticing, but actually as believers, I think we should be able to see through that. Like it looks enticing, but it's end is death, right? So we need to know they're trying to market something to us. They're literally selling us a bill of goods, and it's not a bill of good health. It's, you know, they're bilking us. And so I think you're right. I, I really hope that your listeners take that to heart. If they're into fitness, then they really need to fuel their bodies with whole real food.
0: And even, even when you walk over in the freezer aisles, Stuff is labeled as healthy or lean or this or that. And, and when you really start looking at it, it is just not the best thing for us. I had my doctor say, if you're reading the labels on it, that's the problem. You should be eating uh-huh. stuff that doesn't need labels. On a personal level, can you describe how your physical fitness became important to you? Describe your physical journey?
1: Absolutely. So. My story, Mike, actually started before I was even born. When my mom was pregnant with me, she got exposed to the German measles, and the doctors knew that I would be born with some serious birth defect, and I'm so thankful that, I mean, I was born with a birth defect, but it wasn't super visible at first. It was a hole in my heart, so in some ways, I feel like God was even looking out for me in the womb that I wasn't born with something more dramatic, if you will. It still was dramatic because the doctors were monitoring me. They were kind of keeping tabs on me to see if the hole was going to glow. And in the end, they performed open heart surgery when I was nine years old. And after that, they kind of gave me a clean bill of health and they said, you could do whatever you want. You don't have to limit your activity anymore. They kind of let me go free as a bird. And I thought, well, what do I want to do? I want to take care of this body that I have as best I can. I really want to make it last and, and help other people do the same. So that's kind of That shaky start to my life, I think, is really what informed my life's mission. And then, of course, I had sensed that God was looking out for me on so many levels, and even the scar on my chest really resembles a cross. So it Mm -hmm. all pushed me to know him and and give him my life in gratitude.
0: And that was going to be my next question to describe a little of your spiritual background and, um, and how that led to you being involved with something like body and soul fitness.
1: Yeah, well, I can tell you that the hole in my heart was just the start, but I really did have a hole in my spirit as well. My parents divorced when I was about 11, just a couple of years after that surgery, and I really needed love. I wasn't experiencing intimacy and and emotional closeness with either of my parents, and I was just looking for love. So when I was in high school, a young guy on the street, he was kind of cute, I'm not going to (laughs) lie, this cute senior told me that I should come to Young Life. And it's this uh, ministry that reaches out to kids who, who haven't heard the gospel, and they make an effort to make it really fun and to show people that knowing Jesus is a joyful experience. And I heard about the amazing love of God, and my life was transformed. I committed my life to Christ on a Young Life weekend, and then I became a volunteer leader. My husband ended up going on staff. And so we just were passionate about greatest love that has ever been known, and we want to communicate that in so many ways. And now I'm actually a worship leader at my church, and so we're really about, I think that's one reason I'm Holy St. Kilda, because I'm about the physical, yeah, we want to enjoy this life that God has given us, we want to be strong physically, and we want to fuel our bodies well, but we also need to know Him, because that's what's going to last in the end. So I'm about wellness on all those levels.
0: And I'll mention Young Life again. Uh, For those of you that don't know about Young Life, you might want to look it up. Really good organization. Both my kids were involved in it in a little bitty country town in in Texas, uh, Blanco, Texas. And it had a significant impact on their lives.
1: Young Life does it right. They are amazing. I remember going to one of their camps and I thought, this isn't like a camp like you're out in the woods. This is like Club Med. You know, they leave you mints on the pillows. They just go all out. They serve kids the best food they could imagine. Like they just really entertain them and show them love. And yeah, it was really... Not just the organizations, but also the leaders who loved me, who helped fill that hole in my heart and helped me understand the gospel. So, yeah, I can't say enough about it either. It's amazing.
0: Well, again, staying with kind of a personal line of questioning, what is your favorite form of exertion?
1: I actually love dance. And it's interesting because, as you know, I'm a part of this wise traditions group. Every culture around the world has dance. They don't all have exercise, mind you, like going to a gym or something like that, but they all have dance. So the music just moves me. I think some of the best workouts I've ever had have been at wedding receptions. (laughs) You know, when you get in the conga line or you all start doing, you know, the hokey pokey. I mean, it doesn't even matter. It's just so much fun. So yeah, I have to say dance.
0: Dancing. So in some of your classes with body and soul fitness, it is basically a dance workout. Is that how that is?
1: That's exactly right. And we include different elements of hip hop and some current fun dances and just we mix it up. We do dance mixes, Latin mix even. So it's a, it's a variety of dances. And again, we show levels so people don't get intimidated and think, I can't do... That move, you know, it's, yeah, 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 you can actually, you can modify it like this. And so, yeah, we have folks in our classes from 17 to 70, you know, just dancing it away. And I just love it so much. And they do too, which is great. And it helps keep them moving. One of the ladies told me in my class the other day, she's like, you know what? Motion is lotion. I'm like, you are so right. I think she's the oldest student in my class. She must be, oof, I don't even know. I I can't even tell. Over 70 for sure. And and she was just saying how much it helps her. And it's just it's a beautiful thing to see.
0: Well, here in Texas, we just two-step. If you get a really fast two-step, it can be a good workout, but you know, it's not a full-body kind of dance thing. Well, what is your favorite way to work on your spiritual self?
1: Well, that's a really good question. I, I think it has two two prongs to it. I would say I love meeting with the Lord one-on-one. I get nourished by His Word as much as I do by my breakfast. You know. I love to dig into it. I'm doing a Beth Moore Bible study right now about the Psalms, and it just really nurtures me on a deep level. And I pray sometimes so I don't let my mind wander. I'll I'll write out my prayers to the Lord, and so that's fantastic. So I love the one-on-one time with Him. But I I have to say, going to church on a weekly basis, that really nurtures me too. I need that to see the broader family of faith. It's not just me and Jesus. I'm part of a a broader community and, and really a family to support each other when we're hurting. And so I really think those two things are critical, the one-on-one time and then the time with, with my family on Sunday morning.
0: And that is awesome. We do, we do need both of those things. Uh, and I would add in that small group is important, too, where we really get a little deeper with some of those that are around us, whatever that looks like, whether it's a Bible study or Sunday school class or, or just a few people that you get with that are accountability partners.
1: Cool. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a way to go really deep, it's true.
0: Well, do you have a favorite Bible verse you'd like to share?
1: Oh, I was just telling my daughter, I was like, I always feel like it's the one I just read because (laughs) I think it's so powerful and it's just so transforming. I think I was reading in Psalm 125 this morning about how those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion that cannot be moved, and I thought, oh, that's so powerful, you know, so I don't know. I I just, there are too many good ones. But I, yeah, I would say Psalm 125 one because it's the one I read this morning. But I just feel like there's so many promises I want to hold on. You know, is it in Lamentations where it talks about how the Lord is faithful? Oh, no, no, that's the loving kindness of the Lord shall never cease, you know, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I guess that's one of my favorites too. I could go on and on. I have a little book, like, where I write down my favorite verse from my quiet times and it's just overflowing and replete. So when I get discouraged, I just pull that baby out and I just find one promise after another that lifts my heart. But I guess I would I would lean toward the Lamentations verses and the Psalm 125
0: one. And God's word is so alive. And if you're in it all the time, I have a Bible that I've had for about 30 years that I would go underline something. And then later on, I'd come back and two verses ahead of that, I would underline something and go, why didn't that speak to me earlier? I feel like if I could keep that Bible together till I die, the whole thing would be underlined at some point. Because God just uses his words at different points in our lives when we need to hear them.
1: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I feel the same way.
0: Well, do you have a favorite quote?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Oh, actually, I do have a favorite quote.
0: So well, just you cut out
1: my other little piece if you can. <laughs> I do have a favorite quote. It's, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly which is the opposite of what most people say. They think it's worth doing. It's worth doing, right? Uh-huh. But a pastor friend of mine, Mike, said this to me one time, and I really liked it because it's kind of freeing. It's about just attempting it, not holding back because you think you might not be the best or you might mess up. It's like it doesn't matter. So I really made that my heart's cry, I have to say. It's one reason I got into podcasting. i didn't have a lot of experience with tech stuff. I didn't have a microphone. I didn't have a friend who was a podcaster. But I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try. And then I found out, much like you, I think you have the, the gift of gab. And, and it kind of comes naturally. I was like, wow, I can do this. And now I'm like into this whole new field. So I, I think that's one of my favorite quotes. You know, like, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly.
0: I like that. You don't have to do it perfect. Mm-hmm. It's worth doing poorly if it's worth doing. <laughs> well, I, I never let anybody leave. Without the million-dollar question. If you could put one thing on a T-shirt or billboard that everyone you know or with whom you come in contact could see every single day, what would that be?
1: You are loved more than you know.
0: I love that one.
1: I think if people really knew the love of God, if they really understood how beloved they were, they would live differently. Our whole world would be different. People would be secure. They'd be confident. They'd be caring. We'd be reaching out for the helpless and the hopeless. It would just be a a whole different... It would be paradise. So I... That's why I wanted to say, you are loved more than you know.
0: And I like to tell people that there's this big push out there for everyone to find their purpose. You know, go find your purpose. When you find your purpose, you'll... Be happy. And I just feel like as I look at God's word, our number one purpose, the reason God created us, is like two mature adults who have decided to have a baby. They don't have a baby so that it becomes and does something out there. They have a baby to love the baby. I think God created us to love us. We are uh-huh. loved. We can wake up every day and know that our purpose is to be loved. And then, just like as parents, we would like for our children to love their siblings, I think God is saying to us, I made you to love you, and I would like you to love those around you. Mm. And I, so I think that billboard or t-shirt that you have there is, is an awesome representation of that. God made us to love us. Oh,
1: that's beautiful. I love that, too.
0: Well, Holistic Hilda, how can people find you?
1: Yeah, they can find me at HolisticHilda.com, actually. com actually, And that website will point them both to Body and Soul. They have a website, BodyandSoul.org, and to the Weston A. Price Foundation. Their website is org. But yeah, it's easier to remember, HolisticHilda.com. And then I'm at HolisticHilda on Twitter and at Holistic underscore Hilda on Instagram.
0: Awesome. And I will have links to you on the FitnessAndFaithPodcast.com website when this airs. And so people can just click on that, click on your link, and they can find you that way. Well, Hilda, I really, really appreciate you being with us today. I know you're a busy person, and uh, I appreciate your time and your words of encouragement to people. And I think they're going to love hearing your story.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, Michael, well, I have more to tell. I didn't even get to Peru and
0: well, let's go. Kenya
1: and all these different things, but maybe another time.
0: <laughs> well, then, you know, we, if you want to, we can we can stay with it. You can talk about that.
1: Oh, really? Gosh. Yeah. So this is like a bonus. This is like an Easter egg at the end of the episode. Sometimes they say if people hang on long enough, they can get the good stuff.
0: There you go. In my introduction, I'll have to say that there is some extra stuff at the end.
1: That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. So I guess I just wanted to say that I have had the opportunity to be in some amazing places in this world, thanks to the Weston A. Price Foundation and Body and Soul, actually. But it started uh, with the Weston A. Price Foundation just a few years ago. They sent me to Kenya because, get this, a Maasai warrior contacted the foundation and said, please send someone over. We're all getting sick. He said, I have diabetes. My wife has asthma. And he had come across the materials about how we need to embrace the traditions of the past. And he realized that his own tribe was drifting away from the wise traditions of their ancestors. They were buying food from the shop. They were drinking soda and all this stuff. And he could see their physical degeneration. So there I go. I'm just like a regular Joe. I just raised my hand when the foundation asked for volunteers. I was the first one to raise my hand. So I go over there. I had not started the podcast yet. But I got to meet Dixon and his community, and I was sharing with them, you know, please don't eat the American way, what we call the standard American diet, which is really bad. (laughs) We were like, please eat your way. And of course, the Kenyan way or the Maasai way of eating was really eating primarily meat and milk and even blood from their cows and just really basic stuff, maybe some honey and fresh fruit from a tree, but nothing processed, really. And so when they heard what I had to say, they really listened. And I went to church. They do have faith in this small community, actually. And the Master got up on Sunday morning and said, starting today, all the women are going to cook the traditional foods. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I I hope they're happy about that. (laughs) Um, And I I think they were because the way this community works is they make their decision as a group, not as individuals. Mm -hmm. And when I went back the following year, they had begun to make changes. Like Dixon's wife worked at a preschool and she had quit her job and started working the land that they owned to grow their own vegetables for their family and to sell at market. And it was just amazing. It was just amazing to be a part of that and again not pointing to myself but pointing them to the good things that God has given them, you know. So that was beautiful, and powerful. And then Peru, I had the opportunity to go this past fall, and again, it was just a blessing. I didn't get to meet people of faith there so much. I more was just going around to universities and different people groups and just learning from them and sharing some of that wise traditions. I got to be in this really remote village called Aija in the mountains, I guess pretty far from the maddening crowd. As a matter of fact, when my friend Katie and I got there, this little mountain village, I promise you... They treated us as if, we were, as if we were royalty. They pulled out the school band. They got their little sound system out. They were welcoming us and doing speeches. And we were like, what is happening? And then we realized, no one comes to this town. We got to this remote town because this man like, was like, come to my hometown of IHA. So we got there, and they just treated us like amazing. They rolled out the red carpet. And then we shared some things about how beautiful it is that they still live close to their land. Many of them still eat their traditional foods, which include a lot of quinoa, as you can imagine there, and the mountains of potato and uh, some guinea pig even, and really traditional foods. And we were trying to encourage them, like, keep doing that. Keep at it. Don't feel like once you get educated, you need to move to the big city because people are starting to get sick in the big city. There's pollution and there's all that processed food. And so it was just a marvelous experience. And again, humbling and a joy to bring the message that your traditional ways are best. And so it was just, it was powerful.
0: And that was all trips. Those were trips with wise traditions or with that foundation.
1: Yeah, they were with the foundation. And I do have one story, funny story to tell you. After we gave our talk at this little school in the town of Aija, they were so touched that they gave a few speeches of thanks. This girl started crying. It was, like, really beautiful. And then they brought us one of their traditional dishes, which was, like, this quinoa tokosh soup. And tokosh is a fermented potato that actually has natural medicinal properties, like penicillin. You know, it's mm. very kind of like a, almost an antibiotic, really strong and curative. But to have that in a soup was really hard for my Western palate. And I had sworn up and down before I went there, like, Hilda, you're going to eat everything they put in front of you because that's what you do when people are being gracious to you. It's a sign of hospitality. You you receive it. I was struggling so much to eat that, Mike. I wanted to be like... We're saying that you should eat your traditional foods, not us, you know, but I didn't say anything. I just did the best I could, um, but it was really kind of funny. And, and and then when I told them, oh, my gosh, I'm a small person, I really can't finish this, they gave me, like, a cup to go. And I was like, okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'll take so this with me. It, it was really funny, but it was it was lovely. And I do hope to go back because I want to – interview them. I want to interview this young girl who was just passionate about caring for the environment, you know, and again, God's good gifts to them there, and I just I hope I get to return one day. We'll see that remains to be seen.
0: Well, hopefully you'll make it back there or you'll go visiting some other places that'll be exciting and wonderful and you'll get to eat some more food that you have a hard time eating. <laughs>
1: That's right, that's right. We'll
0: see. Well, again, Hilda, thanks for uh, joining us, and I'll make sure that everybody uh, can get in touch with you by getting on our website.
1: Excellent. Just let me know. Yes, I'm really here to help. I love to encourage people if they have any questions about diet or uh, fitness, what have you. I did study with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, so I'm a health coach. and, And I think, you know, Mike, I would love to just partner with you some. So let's see how we can continue offering the best to your listeners. I would love to be a part of that.
0: When I'm coaching teams and we come to the end of a practice or game, we gather together for a couple of reminders before we part ways. These are your reminders. Check out the website at fitnessandfaithministries.org where you will find valuable tools and information like our weekly blog study, exertion video links, and links to healthy recipes. It's all designed to help you find your fit please use the contact page to send us your fitness and faith funny or suggest someone who would be a great interview. We'd also appreciate you sharing this podcast. You never know when a few words of fitness and faith encouragement might make a significant impact in someone's life. Thanks again for listening to the Fitness and Faith podcast. And remember, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith.